Welcome to Lake Church. All right. That was pretty darn amazing. Yeah, all right. Okay, welcome online. We are glad you are here with us tonight. That's why they have me here is so that everybody can laugh at my expense. It's all right. I'm good with it. All right, well, we do have some announcements here tonight. So before I forget, the Young at Heart group, I guess it's 55 and older, are starting their meetings again tomorrow at 1 o'clock over at Area 51, the student ministry building. So don't forget about that. All right. Um, Sunday night is the reset uh, night school on Sunday night night school is reset. And our next class is January 16th, and it's healing for the body and soul. Now, these Sunday night classes are at 6 o'clock, and it's, it's like one class one night a month. So it, you don't have to go every Sunday. So pick one that you like or pick two that you like and go and enjoy it. What? And bring a friend. Bring a friend. I'm bringing Jeff, so all right. Um, also, Lake Church Worldwide Missions Dinner is January 22nd at 6 p.m. in the Area 51 building. Now, you must RSVP and sign up in the commons. If you don't sign up, don't come thinking you're going to eat some Italian food because it ain't going to happen. However, the mighty... It's not? I'm mixing it up? Oh, so that's not the winter dinner. Man, winter dinner, chicken dinner. Okay. All right, well... I need to just stick with what's on the paper. <sighs> I knew when I drank two cups of coffee before I started this, this was going to be bad. But that's all right. You guys love me. That's all that matters. Right? Thank you. I get an amen here. Uh, thank you very much. All right. Now, the Mighty Men's Breakfast is this Saturday at 9 a.m. Come on, men. Okay. Do you guys like bacon and sausage? Yeah, and pancakes and eggs. Yeah, and orange juice and coffee. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. It's a cheap breakfast, and Blaine Bartell is going to be here to speak to us. So we're kicking off the new year with Blaine Bartell here. I don't know if you guys were here for Fight Club, but he has got a message. That man has got a testimony. So come out and check it out and get a breakfast for ten bucks. You can't go eat at IHOP for ten bucks. And have fellowship with this group of guys. So make sure you guys come out Saturday. I would love it if you would go on Facebook. If you're, if you're watching online, go on Facebook and register. It's super easy because then we know how many people we're feeding. Because if not, I have to eat a lot of sausage and bacon. And, you know, never mind. Don't register. It's okay. I hadn't thought that all the way through. So, but we look forward to seeing you Saturday. If you can't register, come on out and just buy at the window, and we'll take care of you. We'll make more. All right, and then the Greater Ladies Discipleship. Come on, you can do better than that. The Greater Ladies Discipleship. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, that is January 20th at 7 p.m. in the Area 51 Student Ministries building. I am not going to wing it on that because I know nothing about that. But I will tell you that we have these really cool bulletins that somebody spends a lot of time putting these things together. And I know my wife refers to it all the time and then tells me what I'm supposed to do. 
So make sure, ladies, you pick one up for your husband. So when he says, I don't know what's going on, you can just whip this dude open and say, well, hey, here you go. So you guys pick these up. Let's not waste them because that's, that's good money right there. And that is a valuable tool for you guys to keep in, in, in what's going on in here. All right, so when I, mess up the, when I mess up the announcements, at least you can get it straight. All right. As we move into offering, don't forget that we are still raising money for the Dominican Republic. We're trying to buy them a van. Now, it's my understanding that right now the guy that picks up, he has this, some kind of a basketball ministry that he brings all these young kids in and gives them a purpose. I mean, because the Dominican Republic is pretty rough, and they need a purpose. They need something to keep them going. Well, I guess he makes multiple trips to go pick everybody up. Well, that takes a lot of time, and anybody in here that's been in the ministry knows that you don't have enough time as it is. So we're trying to get him a van. And it looks like by the sign out there, we're pretty close. We're maybe halfway, maybe. Yeah, third. I'm just being optimistic. Okay. So let's get that thing paid for and let's get them a van so they can just get them kids in there and take care of them and give them a reason to be around. All right. So there's different ways you can give. You can go online. If you're watching online, just click on the tab that says giving. Follow the prompts in there and it'll walk you right through it. You can also do envelopes on the seat backs in front of you or you can just drop money in the bucket on your way out there. Give it to Bob. And uh, there's also text to give. Now, I know in the past... I've said that that is of the devil. But I tried it. Wow! It is so easy. All you do is put in your amount, hit send, and you're done. Dude, I'm, I'm now text to give. So do it. Sign up. It takes about two minutes to sign up the very first time, but then it is so easy to give. The Lord wants you to have it easy to give. All right. So with that being said... Let's worship the Lord with our giving. Man, how great is it to have a God that establishes a monetary system that when you participate, he gives back to you. Unlike the world, that the more you give, the more they take. And the more they take, the less good that they do with it. And I think it's pretty amazing that God can take 10% of what... I know my taxes are higher than 10%, but I know he can take 10% and work his whole kingdom out of that. That is amazing. That is amazing that he gives us that opportunity to share in that because he really doesn't need us. It's not for him that we're giving our tithe. Think about that. It's for you. It's for me. It's so that we can participate in what he's doing. So let's all get our tithes together and then also remember that there's plenty of ways. This is Lake Church, and there are always places you can give above and beyond your tithes. Because when you give up above and beyond, you are stepping into that area where you're given and you are, uh, oh, the word just escaped me, but you are, you are sacrificing. You're sacrificing that Egg McMuffin in the morning, which I don't need anyway, but that's all right. So sacrifice, give to the Lord till it hurts a little bit. And then when it hurts a little bit, he's going to bless you. I know we have, my wife and I have been so blessed. This is the first year that we've ended up really in a good spot at the end of the year this is our fifth year in business and the lord has just blessed me richly this year you know i'm not going into january thinking oh lord i just got to get to march you know and and i just praise god for that and i praise god that we have been givers this year that we have we have put our money into god's god's uh, monetary system and it works 
It's the one thing that works. Our, what is it, ROKs or whatever that are, what is that, uh, where you put money in and you get it when you retire? Yeah, RRAs, that's it. You know, you put into that, who knows what it's going to be when you retire, you know? There may not be any money left, you know? You put in all these thousands of dollars and get a hundred bucks a month. That would be awful. But with God, he's going to give you more so you can give that 10% back. Anyway, let's pray. Let's, uh, if you guys got your offerings together, let's pray. Father God, I just praise you and I glorify you and I thank you for loving me, Lord. Oh, Lord, you love us so much. And I just praise you and I thank you for this opportunity to give into your kingdom, Lord. That, Father God, you are, you are our Father. You are our King. You are our supplier. You are our healer. You are our physician. When you said, I am, that's because I am everything. God, you are everything that we need. That, Father God, if we just turn to you, Lord, for every little thing, you are right there to meet us. And I just give you glory and honor and praise. And I just exalt you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I got to share a quick testimony. So a couple, about a week or so ago, Nikki and I were just having a tough week. I mean, the enemy was just pounding us everywhere we turned. And I came home from work one night, and I just sat on the couch. And I was just zoned, and I don't ever do that. And so I was just, whatever, I don't care. And she said, I think we need to pray. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's what we need to do. And so I'm just like, yeah, okay. And she goes, well, let's go pray over the house. We'll walk around the house, and we'll bless the house okay whatever so I got up off the couch and the closer I got to the door the more the Holy Spirit started to stir in me and I thought yeah that is what I need and when I opened the front door the Holy Spirit met me right there and I mean instantly instantly we both were in the spirit I mean I was talking in tongues the dog was going crazy he didn't know what was going on we're talking in tongues and I'm praising God and so we walked all the way around the house blessing every side of the house we got to the very last corner, and God said, will you run for me? I said, you know I will, and I took off running, and the whole time I'm running, I'm just praising God, just saying, I am healed in Jesus' name, because I've had a lot of problems with my knees since my surgery, and I ran full steam, all fat boy, ran all the way around the house, and I remember, and I was going around the fourth side, and I thought, oh, Jesus, there better be some oxygen there when I get there. But you know what? I just fell down on the ground and just praised God. And he filled my lungs with oxygen. And it wasn't even like I ran anywhere. But that's the God we serve. He will meet you. If you take two steps, he'll take ten. So I just got to praise God for that one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Mr. Sam Hager is coming to bring some word to us. So everybody give Sam a hand. Thank you, sir. Well, I want to say thank you, Pastor Greg, for giving me the opportunity to speak. I honor you, sir. You are a blessing to the body of Christ. Do you believe that? Yes. Give it up for our pastor right here. Hello, Lake Church. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, 
Please turn with me to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. And that reminds me of the series you did, Pastor Kevin, on the book of Romans. It's very good. It helped me out a lot. And I know it has helped a lot of people out. And thank you for using your gift. I, I want to say I honor you, sir. Thank you. Let's look at Romans 1, verse 7. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was talking to the people at Rome. And this may sound just like some sort of customary greeting. You know, the obligatory hello. But you got to think about the fact that this was not normal. Paul was introducing something that had not been done before. I mean, if you think about it, the Romans weren't addressing each other in grace, right? Caesar, I mean, you think Caesar was talking to his, his uh, soldiers or you know, the people under him with grace? No. No, they didn't. The Romans didn't talk like that. And the Jewish people coming out of the law, they were used to the law. They weren't really used to grace. Grace was there, hidden in plain sight, but it took Jesus to reveal it. So they weren't addressing people with grace. You see what I'm saying? So we look at this verse, and it's the very beginning of Romans here, and Paul is starting off with grace, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This was revolutionary. This was not normal. He was introducing something that was divinely inspired. You know, a lot of times we read the beginning of these letters in the Bible, and it's like, okay, get past this, and let's get to the good stuff. While we're rushing through the first couple of verses to get to the good stuff, we're passing the good stuff, because it's all good. Amen. 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 Somebody brought this water up for me, so I want to take a drink of that. Praise God. You won't lose your reward. Amen. So, let's look at grace for a moment. Grace here is pronounced chorus. It's almost like chorus, but you just don't have that k. It's right after the k, and then you go chorus. You want to try that with me? You want to say chorus? I don't think we have enough throat in it, but... We're Americans, what can we do? The Thayer's Dictionary, one part of the definition of grace in this context is the spiritual condition of one governed by the power of grace. I want to talk about the grace effect and the effect that grace has on your life. The effect that grace has had on my life because it changes everything. Do you agree with that? Has grace changed your life? 
Would you agree with that? Praise God. So let's go to the, let's go to the last chapter of Romans. Let's go to Romans chapter 16. In verse 24, Paul is winding down his letter to the Romans. He says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So he started with grace, and he ended with grace. And I find that to be very important. Jesus is the author of your faith. He's the initiator of your faith, but he's also the perfecter of your faith. He's the finisher. He's not just going to start something in you and then leave you on your own. It's not, I'm going to start this work in you and then, okay, now I'm busy. I'm going this way. No, he's going to finish it. And then you realize he's not just going to start it and then say, come back when your life's over. He will be with you every step of the way. He said, he'll never leave you. He will not forsake you. Grace. Paul understood it, and he was sharing it. Divinely inspired, and he was helping us to understand that it begins and ends with grace. And of course, as we went through the series on Romans, we know Grace is all through in the middle. And we need Jesus in the middle. In the middle of the situation, in the middle of the storm. You need him every step of the way. And the good news is, he'll be there. So grace, some people mistakenly think that it's a license to sin. You know, Grace, oh, you're just talking about that. You just want people to have freedom to sin and do whatever they want. I've heard Bobby Andy talk about this. Grace is not a license to sin, right? Because you don't need a license to sin. You do it very naturally on your own. And I could speak from my personal experience as well. It's, it just comes naturally. I don't, like, well, I'd like to sin, but I don't have my license. No, it's not, it doesn't work like that. No, grace is the power to change. Grace gives you the condition that is brand new. It changes you. Grace helps you not be a slave to sin. It's not a license to sin. If you understood the grace of God, when you're tempted, you start to think, well, God has forgiven me for so much. I don't want to do that. You hear what I'm saying? Grace is different. We have an advocate with the Father, and we understand we can go to the throne room of grace anytime we need it. And when do you need it? Probably after you make a mistake. But the door is open. He leaves the door open so you can obtain grace when you need that and obtain the favor. And, and, but what, it's not, oh, it doesn't matter. It's the cross took care of that. Look back at the cross and be healed. Amen? Grace is not a license to sin. So, let's see. About a year and three months ago, I saw something. And I, I want to share what I saw. If you can env envision this with me. 
it was a, a covering. A covering. I better go all this way. It was like a covering all over a congregation of people. It was like a banner. It was like a tent. It was a, a ceiling. And it went over everybody. And it represented this umbrella of grace. And, and to be honest, I saw this room. And, and God gave me the message, and I knew it'd be the message I'd preach next time I preached and, and to a, a group of people. You know, I share stuff on Facebook all the time, but I knew the next time I preached to a group of people, it would be this message. I didn't know it would be here. I didn't know I'd be preaching here, but when I saw that, I saw this place and back in September of 2020. And, and God was, was I, I wouldn't call it a vision. I call it more like a divine imagination. And any imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we cast down. But if there's an imagination that supports the knowledge of God, well, it's a tool. It's a gift. So it's like a mental prop. And you can see, if you can envision it with me, you could see that this whole place is under a covering. And it covers the stage. That covering represents grace. And if you can, if you can see grace covering the praise and worship team, I, I, I'd like you to see that because there's grace here. They, let me get up here. They, they work and they do great work because it doesn't just happen. Like you can't just get up here and just make it happen. And I'm not a singer, so I understand they have a talent, but they also have to come together as a team. And they have to work together and plan the songs out, and then they have to rehearse and practice. And so when we come on Sunday, they've already done a lot and prepared for us when we get here. There's grace here. There's grace. And I, I guess we're over with the youth right now, but I want to say that I honor the praise and worship team here. I honor them because they help me when I'm coming out of craziness in the world, they help me to refocus on God. I mean, don't we need that? I need that. That's right. We all need it. The covering is over all of us, and the covering goes over the production booth. And of course, I know there's mysterious figures behind the, the, the wall back here. So grace is, is over, really grace is over the whole campus. Grace is over us. And I just want to say thank you to the production team. I want to say I honor you. You're amplifying the message. I mean, you realize the message goes out and it's available to everyone. And a lot of people are not here. They get to experience this. I know times when, you know, I haven't been able to make it. I work a lot of overnight shifts at, at the hospital I work at. And, you know, so I'm not always, uh, I mean, sometimes I just need to sleep, you know, because I need to sleep. And so, but I can catch the message live, or if I'm sleeping at the time, then I can catch it later. That's a blessing to me. I mean, that's good. Maybe you're out of state on business or something. Maybe you're somewhere else, and you can still watch. I mean, that, that is, so thank you, production team. There's grace over you. And then when it comes to everybody, all of us, you know, we're at different stages, right? 
You know, some have been born again for years, and some are not yet born again. There's still a grace over you. If you're not born again, you're here at a place where you're going to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and there's an open hand of grace extended toward you. If you take the hand of grace, everything changes. And if you have been born again for years, the same grace that started you in this journey is the same grace available for you today. Praise God. Let's look at... Let's, let's look at, go to, if you would go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1, we're going to look at verse 3. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, we see grace again, and we also see peace again. And I want you to know that when you receive the grace of God in your life, a natural result, an effect, is peace. Because there's something about knowing that God is for you, and he's not against you. There's something about knowing that the blood of Jesus has paid for your sins. And that you didn't have to do anything. And as you received it, it, there's just this amazing revelation and understanding that God loves you. That changes everything. And when you have peace with God, that can get you through those times when you don't have peace with people. Because people are people. I know, because I'm a person myself, right? So we can get into these struggles and we can get into these confrontations and these things that we don't understand and people don't like us they're saying all sorts of stuff about us on social media or something i mean this happens this is real life whether it's true or not or partially true or it was blown out of proportion or you know and then we have our spouses and things can go crazy you know it's like well it seems so small and what do you mean it's small and well it's just small well you don't think it's valuable you know you could get into these things and God has peace for you. And he can give you peace. And it's amazing. This peace, you can actually carry into situations and bring a calm to where you realize it was just a small thing. Amen? Amen. So, you know, as, as Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, he was talking to a different group than he was the people in Rome, you know, Corinth was Rome, right? So there's some similarities. We all need grace, but there were some specific things for that context. I know, Pastor, you talked about the historical and cultural context, and it's, it's important to understand that because what Paul did in, for the Corinthian church is he brought something custom-tailored for them, right? Because they needed specific guidance and instruction, but it still started with grace. And then let's look at 1 Corinthians 16. Let's go to verse 23. That's the last chapter of 1 Corinthians. Let's see 
if it also ends with grace. So 1 Corinthians 16, 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Wow. This grace never has to leave you. This grace is with you. And Paul was trying to emphasize this. He starts with grace, grace to you. And then he ends, grace is with you. Amen? That is good news. Because I need a little grace in my life. I need a lot of grace in my life. Every day. Grace changes everything. Do you see a a pattern forming here? So for the book of of Romans, Paul, he does his his greeting and he does this salutation in grace. And it was new. It was brand new. It was life-giving. It was different. And he did that to the Corinthian church as well. 2 Corinthians 1, 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The end of 2 Corinthians in 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. 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 I, I, I love the fact that we see grace with the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the love of God for God so loved the world that he gave his son. We see the communion of the Holy Spirit. This great interaction with the Holy Spirit. Like Patrick, you're sharing that story. That was communion with the Holy Spirit, what you're talking about. I love it. And, you know, I think about, I think about how the Holy Spirit has impacted my life. And I, I worked at a printing company in Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in 1999. And a guy I worked with named Joe Cervantes. And Joe, if you're watching, God bless you, sir. I want to say I honor you. He started to help me to understand the Holy Spirit. And he didn't really articulate a lot of words. I mean, he would tell me, like, I can't explain this. He started telling me, praying in tongues is the Holy Spirit. I'm like, well, what does that even mean, though? I had recently rededicated my life, and I had come back to Jesus, or he called me back, however you want to say it, and I had wrecked my life with drugs and bad living and, and all sorts of craziness, and I, I was just drawn back to God, and I was living for him, and I was, I was wanting to know more and more. I had come out of a, like a, a Baptist upbringing when I was small. You know, I was baptized in water when I was like 10 years old in Walla Walla, Washington, which is a real place. I mean, I say that because Walla Walla was actually mentioned in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, but it's a real place, and I lived there, and I was baptized at Calvary Baptist Church in Walla Walla, Washington, when I was about 10 years old, uh, but then I backslid in my teenage years, got stupid, did stupid stuff, and, and then I came home to, to God. I, I received His grace, and it, it, it just, and, and it was all brand new, but I didn't really know about the Holy Spirit. I didn't really know, and so Joe started telling me, because he went to Grace Fellowship, you know, under the leadership of Bob Yandian, and he, would, he started telling me, hey, you need, you need this. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know about this. I haven't really heard very much about the Holy Spirit. I've heard a lot about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, I, and what I have heard is, I don't know. And so he started sharing stuff with me. He's like, well, here, read this book by Kenneth Hagin. 
I was like, well, I'll check it out, you know. And I'd look at it. Like, I don't know if this guy knows what he's talking about. That's, <laughs> I'm walking you through my journey, okay? And I'm like, I'd read some verses he'd have, and I'd hear his explanation, read his explanation. I'd put his book down, I'd get in the Bible. I'd be like, well, let me look in context. Let me see the verses before and after. And I'd read, and I'm like, maybe, you know. And, I, so, and then my friend would give me materials and stuff, and I'd, start, I'd read, I'd look, and I'd, but I'd, I'd put that book down. Like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read, I'm going to look and look and look. And it started to make more and more sense. I still had one hang-up, though. And I still had one thing that was bugging me. And, and he gave me a tape by Bob Yandian. And so this was 1999. He gives me this tape, and, and I, I listened to it. And the teaching gift operating through Bob Yandian brought the understanding to me. You know, the teaching gift is important. Because, I mean, the, every gift that God wants to give you is important. And this teaching brought this, it connected the dots. It, filled, it put the puzzle pieces together. And here's what it was. My hang-up was, was, I know some people who pray in tongues, and they, they say they're spirit-filled, and I'm not, and so they have something I don't have. So my thinking was, well, they must be like, you know, more uh, spiritually mature. They must be more mature, because they have something I don't have. I'm loving God, I'm loving Jesus, and they have something, they have this, this, this ability to pray in tongues, and I don't, and it's, and, but then what Bob Yandian said was, he was talking about the Corinthian church, that custom-tailored message to them. They didn't lack any spiritual gift, but they were carnal. Because I would see these people, I'd go to Brahms with them, I'd eat, and they might, I might see them at church praying in tongues, you know, Shondai, and then at Brahms, they're cussing like a sailor. And I'm like, what? This doesn't make sense. What, what happened like 20 minutes ago? What, what is this? You know, and I, so it did not make sense to me. I was just like, I don't, I don't get this. But Bob Yandian said, okay, Paul had to address the Corinthian church as carnal. He said, you're still carnal because you have these rival factions. You know, some people are repping Paul. Some people are repping, you know, uh, Apollos. And some people are like, hey, I'm just straight up Jesus. And so we, they had these different groups. You know, the red bandana hanging down, you know, and they've got the blue bandana. And I, it, that's the type of thing. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And we have these rival factions. So... Paul said that you're still carnal. You're acting like mere men. God actually wants you to operate in the divine nature. He wants you to be an imitator and representative of God himself. And you're acting like a mere mortal. We're actually called to live at a higher standard, at a higher level. And the grace effect will help you get there. So, here's the understanding. And I was listening to this tape. I was actually on a ski trip at the time, and I was listening to this tape. And it just made so much sense. Because Bob brought out the fact that here you had a carnal group of believers. They were carnal. They were fleshly. They, they had all sorts of, you know, immorality going through their church. 
and, and yet they had all the gifts of the Spirit. And so the understanding was easy. They were gifts. They were gifts. If you earn it, it's not a gift. And so what God did was he gave them gifts, and they received the gifts. They received from God. So they weren't lacking. They could pray in tongues. There was interpretation. There were words of wisdom, words of knowledge, miracles of healing. There were all these things operating in their lives, and there was still flesh going on, right? But God's desire is to give you these gifts and that you use them and you continue to operate in those and allow the fruit of the Spirit to be produced in your life to where you do grow more spiritually mature. But just having a gift, just having a talent, just having some kind of you know, thing from God does not make you more spiritual. It's not a sign of spiritual maturity. And when Bob Yandian said that, it was like, that makes sense. And so I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit after that. And so I was in Kellyville. I lived with my parents in Kellyville. And uh, I, I was in my room by myself, and I was like, God, would you baptize me in your Holy Spirit? And he did. Right there, right in, in the middle. I think I, was, I think I was sitting down on the floor in my room, Kellyville. And I, I, it was just this presence of God. And, oh my alarm's going off. That means I got to move to another point. I'm going to finish this point, though. So I'm, I'm, I'm receiving from God. I, I feel his presence. And then there was these, a couple syllables that just came, came to me, just kind of rose up out of me. And I spoke them out. And it was, you know, the gift of tongues that came with this prayer. It was this new prayer language after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. As he's just pouring out, you know, to be baptized is to be submerged, you know, when you're baptized in water, you're, you're dipped, you're dunked, you're submerged. It's baptismo, the Greek word, and you're, you're under, and you come back up. You, so I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it was just all around me. And I had these syllables, and I spoke them out, just a couple at first, because, you know, like, some, God will give you something, and then I've been using them now about every day for, for all these years, since 1999. I might have missed a day or two in there, but I pray in tongues every day. And it's like, so I have more syllables now, but when I received those two at first, the, just a couple of little, you know, words, God also brought the interpretation. So I knew what it meant. It was, God is good. And so can I tell you that when you receive a revelation directly from God, no devil in hell can take it away from you. I've had a lot of good times and bad times since then. I've had a lot of circumstances. But I know God is good. No devil can talk me out of it. No person and their mean tweets or their mean things on Facebook can talk me out of it. I know God is good. Praise God. Okay, so my alarm tells me I've got to move to the next thing. So for that, there's a picture. I've got a picture of us, my, my family in, in Lagos, Nigeria. If we could pull that up for a second. It's, uh, it was quite the miraculous, I should say, experience. God helped us to be missionaries in Lagos, Nigeria, 
2014-2015. And we had a chance to help a church there called High Life Church, led by Pastor Carlton Williams. And Pastor Carlton, if you're watching, which you should be asleep right now, but I know you, you might be up anyway. So if you're watching, I want to say, God bless you, sir. I honor you. Thank you for being hospitable to the Hagers. The Hagers love you. So God bless you, your wife, your family, and your church. God bless Lagos. God bless Nigeria. God bless Africa. I believe in the power of words. Did that picture come up and it went back down, or did that picture never come back up? Oh, hey, there we are. Okay, so this picture was taken at the beginning of a church service, Easter 2015. And during that church service, God put on my heart, I want you to start teaching on the blood of my son. And I, I heard him clearly. And I was just like, wow, yes, God, I will do that. And then it was pretty soon after that, I'm like, Okay, but how do I do that? I'll do what you want me to do, God, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and so he started to help me, and I started to get into the Bible. I started to find out what God's Word said about the blood of Jesus. I mean, I knew about it before, but this was a direct assignment from God. So he just opened up my mind to the Scriptures, and I started looking here, and then and I would look in the Old Testament, and it would make sense. Like now, stuff in the Old is connecting to the New, and, and back to the Old, and I'm seeing that God actually made this covenant and he paid for it with the blood of his son it's a new covenant i mean you understand the bible is separated into an old testament and a new testament right well why it's a it's a covenant it's the old covenant and it's a new covenant and the new covenant is the everlasting covenant and it there won't be another one it's sealed in the blood of jesus so god started revealing these things to me and Wow, it's so amazing. And I started teaching up in Lagos. I mean, you don't have to keep the picture up forever. I just, I just want to make sure it was up there at some point. But in, in Lagos, I had a chance to be the youth pastor there. And I was, I was the, the church with Pastor Carlton Williams. It had grown from their house, and it was just exploding. Uh, and so they had to get out to their house, and they had to have another venue. And so by the time we show up there, there was 200 or, or so people. It was just a very growing, thriving church. And I was actually connected to them. I guess Bob Yenning also had a part to play in that because uh, uh, Pastor Carlton had gone to the School of Ministry at Grace Fellowship and then met Pastor Mike Goolsbey, which, sir, if you're watching, God bless you. I honor you, uh, was my pastor at Destiny Church at the time. He connected me and whatever. We ended up being at, at Nigeria. It took a lot of work, but we got there. And while we were there, I was a youth pastor. And so I taught the, I taught the kids. Uh, the students, I should say, because it was from like 13 to 17. I was teaching them, and I would, I would, I would share in them what God wanted me to share about the blood of Jesus. And, you know, week after week, I was getting this material, and I would type it out on the laptop I had to use, and, and, and the adult leaders were getting a lot out of it, too, and it was just revelation and revelation. And so, at some point, I looked. I was like, I've got enough material. I could write a book. So, I wrote a book, you know, just cut to the good part, right? Keep, keep the story moving. I mean, it took a lot of work, obviously. Books, books, books take time, as, as I know you can attest to. Um, but I wrote a book, and it has the material 
in it. And I want you to know that the blood of Jesus speaks good things for you. The blood of Jesus gives you life. And, and help me with this one. What can wash away my sins? <laughs> see, I'm not a worship leader, right? So that really didn't sing well. But let, what can make me whole again? <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's by his blood. It's by his blood. So, uh, you know, I, if you watch it online, I know a lot of people watch it overseas and they watch in different places. And I want you to know that God loves you. He has a good plan for you. He sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission. Jesus gave his life for you. He is the son of God. And he willingly went to the cross to die for you. He died for you. His blood poured out for you. His holy, precious blood. Sinless blood. He was the sinless sacrifice to pay for your sins and my sins. And he died. And the Bible says that three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus is not still in the tomb. He is risen. He can raise you to life. He can raise you to life right now. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe on his name. There's a great verse out of the book of Romans that says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you're believing on Jesus now, I want you to know salvation is coming to you. Grace is in your life. God has a gift of grace. Will you take the extended hand of grace? Praise God. So, if you're believing on Jesus now, or you're a brand new believer in Christ, you've just recently believed on Jesus, the, the church here would, and I've talked to Pastor Greg about this, we would like to give you a free digital copy of this book, okay? Because I believe there's some good foundational material in here that can help your life, that can bless you. Because when you know that the blood of Jesus is speaking good things for you, then it can help you get through your day. When you know that he is for you and not against you, it can help you get through the obstacles of your life. So there's a, a free digital book, right? Because you may be in another country and we can't necessarily even send you a physical copy, but we can send you a PDF. If you can open an email with a PDF, then you can get this material. I'm telling you, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Just contact the church, lake-church.com, and at, just say, I'm a new believer in Christ. It doesn't matter if you're believing right now or you believe recently. Or, and I'll say this too, you're curious, you'd actually like more information because you're thinking about believing, then request the book, and that book will be sent to you. A digital copy will be sent to you for free. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I've got, let me just read a little bit out of this. I've got First Peter here, a couple of verses, and i got some stuff I wrote. Better get up here to read it. First Peter 1.19, if you want to follow along in your Bible, because I've got some verses. It says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. I go on to write this. God did not cause Adam and Eve to commit treason, they chose to rebel against God. 
They had a will to freely do as they wished. They chose to reject God's instructions and do what was forbidden. Though God did not force them to rebel, he already had the solution established in case of an emergency. The the solution was and is the precious blood of Christ. There's a lot of good stuff here. Uh, I'd like to give this away to somebody. Who would like this? I'll give it to you for free. God bless you. You're very welcome. I hope it encourages you and enriches your life. Hallelujah. So God is good. God is good. Can somebody say God is good? Praise God. Praise God. How much time do I got? Because I've got, okay. My, my second alarm hasn't gone off yet. So. so let's pull up. See, I think what threw off the production team is I had skipped over one of the slides. So let's look at, let's look at this, uh, this third slide, which is actually a quote from, from our pastor here. Out of, out of his train book. So I meant to, uh, to do things decently in order. I meant, to do, I meant to have a quote from your book first before I did a quote of mine. Um, but here, let's look at it. I, I think we might have a lower third or something. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. 1 John 3, 2. And then what Pastor writes is, notice that we are now, I got to say this again, because he emphasized now, I want to emphasize now. Notice that we are now, somebody say now, the sons of God. Not in the sweet by and by, but now. Somebody say now. now. By virtue of the new birth, we are active citizens of the kingdom of God with the ability to operate in our full citizenship right here and now. Our birth into the kingdom unites us as one with Jesus. And as he is, so are we in this world. Wow, that's good stuff, Pastor. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for what you do. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, that's good timing. My, my second alarm went off. Get a drink, prepare for this. And once again, you don't lose your reward. This water, that act of service? Could you imagine if somebody just believed on Jesus for the first time? You're a part of that. You know that? Thank you for the water. Thank you, sir. If you have your Bibles, let's look. I've actually got an ESV here. I normally read out of the New King James, but pastor likes ESV, I guess. Let's find out what the ESV is all about. Well, hey. It's good to honor your pastor. Amen? Do you realize if he's blessed, you're blessed? Do you realize if he's going through a whole bunch of problems, it might actually trickle to you too? You need to pray for this guy. Amen? Come on now. All right. All right, let's look at this. Luke chapter 15. This is known as the prodigal son story. I would like to rebrand it if I could as the compassionate father because I don't really see the prodigal son as the subject of the story. I see the father as the subject. And here's why. Jesus is talking, he said, in verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. 
Now, did Jesus say there was a young man who had an older brother and a dad? No, he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Essentially, what this younger son was saying is, I wish you were dead. When do you receive an inheritance? It's not when the dad is living. Essentially, he was like, I just want your stuff. So we see selfishness. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. To me, that's more proof. He didn't want a relationship with the father. He just wanted what the father could give him. He wanted to take the stuff and like, just go on. Did he not? And when he had spent everything, did I talk about him squandering everything? Did I? I think I did. Let's go to verse 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. <sighs> and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Look, you don't even have to know the cultural context to understand this was a bad job, right? In Kellyville, when, when I went to school there as a kid and we'd ride the bus, uh, we, we'd stop by this pig farm and they, you know, there was a stop there where people would get off and go walk to the, oh, it stunk so bad. During the summer times, our windows would be down. And and it, oh, I mean, of course, for the Jewish culture, it was even you know, worse than what we consider. But come on feeding pigs, it's not a good job. I mean, he went from the high life to the low life. I mean, he ran out of money, like, at the worst time, right? Because there was a severe, like, famine. There was an economic downturn. There was a crash that happened right as he ran out of money. So all of his friends he was partying with and taking his money and taking his stuff, they weren't anywhere. They were gone. You know, those friends dragging you to those places you don't need to go, they'll be friends with you while you're there, but if you get to a hard place, they're not going to be there for you. Hello? Uh-oh. I said hello just like Pastor does. I must have got that from him. But when he came to himself, yes, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your, your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him, and kissed him. Wow. Wow. There's so much here. You know, you talk about cultural context. You talk about the, the time in which they lived. 
This father was a man of influence. He was a man of wealth. He had servants. And it sounds like he had a lot of servants. Sounds like this was a very distinguished, noble person. So what they did in those days is they would have these, these robes. And these robes would go down pretty, pretty low, okay? And it would be like a status symbol, you know, like you have a nice business suit today, like the you know, Armani or something, you know, you have a, so your status, if you were a man of wealth, you would have a nice, I mean, it, it would, it would also probably indicate your family, it, what clan you might be from, but it would, it would, it would be dignified, right? And so they, ha- so this guy, this, 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 this father with the servants, as a man of influence, had this robe and he was dignified. But yet he was looking. He he would scan the horizon, looking for his son to come home. And, you know, I don't know how many weeks went by, how many months. And he was just, he was was looking. You know, he would, when you would go to their property, you would know who the servants were, and you would know who the man of the house was. He, he He would have that robe. And so I, I could just imagine he's, he's out and he's, he's, looking, he's looking for his son and he sees him. Do, do you realize what he had to do to run? Well, first of all, he had to cast dignity aside. Think about it for a moment. Two, two options. He's, he's just kind of hiking up his, his stuff and just running. If you had that rope, I mean, he wasn't running like this. Okay, he would have had to either just, just kind of, kind of grab it and run. But most likely, what he did was he did what the Bible calls girding his loins. And so to do that, he would he would have to he would have seen him. He'd be like he'd have to start gathering his material, and he'd have to bring it up, bring it in front of him, take it down between his legs, take two strands on both sides like a sumo diaper and tie it. So he's seeing his son, and he's, he's girding his loins, and he starts running for him. He starts running. He's running. He's like, my son's home. And I bet all the servants that were there, he was like, hey, my son's home, my son's home. And he grabs him, and he, he's like, my son. And he embraces him. He embraces him. He takes his son. This is compassion. What does it say right here? And verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He was given the script he had. But the father said to his servants, the servants would have seen him running, and they would have started running. This is the man of the house. And it's like, why is he running? And they started following him. And so here's what the father says. Check it out. But the father who cut off the son. The son didn't have good ideas. The father actually had better ideas. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
And they began to celebrate. Praise God. So now this water really comes in handy. God bless you. What Jesus was doing was he was given a parallel story, a parable. It's a natural story you can understand that runs parallel with a spiritual truth. And the father in this story represents God. So God is looking on the horizon for you. He's looking, will you come to yourself? The bottom of the bottle is not helping you. That end of the roach clip is not helping you. That pornography is not helping you. Come back to me. And when we see ourselves, we come to ourselves, we're like, I need God. And we start to come to him. And maybe we have all sorts of bad ideas. And we don't really know what to say when we get there. We just, we just know we need him again. And, and we're in that broken place. The God of the universe, what's he do? He runs. He runs to you. Come on, somebody. You hear what I'm saying? He runs to you. God runs to you. Because why? He loves you, and he's full of compassion. He doesn't care where you've been. He says, come home. Come home to me. I will make everything new. Praise God. He invites us to the celebration because one person comes home. Do you realize the servants or we could say the angels, everything in heaven rejoices when one person comes home. Why? Because they could see God is rejoicing himself. He rejoices over you. Praise God. When you said yes to him, he was ecstatic. Wow. God, he threw his dignity aside to chase after you. Why? Because his compassion for you is greater. Hallelujah. Now the story continues, which is interesting. We need to look at the story here. Maybe I need to run stairs a little more. Now his older brother, his older son, this is interesting, we need, we need to finish this story out. Now his older son was in the field. Let's look at this here. Now his older son was in the field. I think I'm just gonna sit down here. Yeah, see, this feels good now. I like this. All right, now his older son was in the field and as he came, and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry. He was angry. Man, why do we get upset when other people are blessed? Maybe because we forgot about the grace. All right, so he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. Ah, there's the compassionate father who will leave the 99 who are celebrating and come out to the one 
If you talk to Nicodemus, you could be legalistic and God still wants you. He still has grace for you. Okay, so, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat. Pretty sure goats aren't as good as cows. I've had goat milk. And I hope I never have it again. Brahms milk is the best, I can tell you that. Okay, um, what am I talking about? He, he said, you didn't even give me a goat. He's like, you didn't even give me this. This guy was whiny. He was angry. Like, how, how, how could you be nice? He, let's, let's, let's read what he says. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother. If you notice in the context, he didn't even call him his brother. It's like, your son. But now he's saying your brother. Uh, the, the dad is trying to help the legalistic older son understand this is your brother. This is your brother. Okay? It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. God has grace for you. You may have fallen out of grace. It's time to fall back in. Praise God. I know there will be some ministers up here to be able to pray for you with, you know, no matter what kind of need you have. I've got one more verse to read. It's the very last verse of the Bible. Because, spoiler alert, it ends with grace. But we'll look at it. Let's look at, at the last verse of the Bible. Just go to Revelation, go to the end. And praise God. It's been an honor. Thank you once again, Pastor Greg, for letting me speak. And uh, Patrick's going to be coming up here. If you have a need of anything, let some people up here pray for you. You know, even if you want to have somebody pray for some situation you know of in your life or a friend that's going through a problem, if you want to kind of stand in the gap for them, come up and, and pray. Uh, if you need healing in anything, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you need to be born again, any, anything you might need, come up here. The, I, I know the ministers would love to pray for you. All right, Patrick, I'm about to turn it over to you. Here's the last verse. I want to end with this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. All right, that was some good word. I love me some grace. Some grace and some blood. That kind of sounds bad. But hey, I'm covered in it. That's all that matters. I'm good. We love you guys. We hope you have a great week. Don't forget, next Sunday, pastor's bringing a train, right? Pastor's bringing train. And don't forget the men's breakfast, Saturday morning. Come get you some pancakes and eggs and bacon and sausage. You guys have a great week.